0: Welcome to Nighttime Scientific Monologue, episode 6. My name is Pavel Ruzhov. Thank you very much for joining me for another episode. And uh, today I have to make a quick disclaimer. This is going to be a bit of a rant episode because obviously one of the biggest news, except from obviously the COVID-19 cases that are keep rising across the United States, is obviously the recent news in regards to uh, foreign students uh, being forced out of the country potentially if they are unable to have in-person classes this is a recent uh, policy that has been enacted by the current administration that essentially would uh, allow the the government to forcibly deport students who would uh, be uh, who are not taking online, uh, who are not taking classes in person, in the in the universities, and obviously there's a great deal of other more positive and interesting topics to discuss on the on this kind of uh, scientific monologue. But uh, I and I will definitely get to them. In the next installments, but I feel it is uh, worth talking about and worth bringing up to everybody's attention uh, because it is such a such a profound, uh, monumental um, thing that has just happened. That uh, that that this really sets a uh, a precedent for a completely different uh, view of America, at least in my mind. And I think it is worth uh, worth talking about, also because I am an international student, or essentially I I, I was when I when I finished my uh, dissertation. And out of uh, out of the last uh, ten years of my education, seven of them have been spent in America, uh, where I've I've studied as an international student. And I believe if I was in uh, in the same position as many of the other international students in America now where I would have had to take online classes only and my institution would not actually offer any uh, in-person classes. I would be uh, hurt, scared, concerned and I would say devastated. So let's break it down. So basically This this week, uh, the administration announced plans to uh, to deport uh, students who uh, international students or students in their F one status uh, who would not be attending universities in the fall semester of 2020 uh, on campus. So the only uh, the only way they could remain in the country is if they are taking at least one in-person class. So uh, well, I don't even know where to begin with this. So let's just get maybe this out of the way. While uh, While I believe before uh, the pandemic has be- has begun, the requirements were something along the lines of, uh, majority of the classes has to be taken on campus. And I think only one could be taken online. Okay, good. Uh, basically, to make sure that you are remaining in as a uh, as a student uh, uh, in the student status in America. Okay, which is you know fair. You want to make sure that people are still attending classes, going to uh, going to campus and learning. Which is obviously that's that's the whole premise of students coming to. Uh, to to study here and um, I think uh, in the beginning of the pandemic I think some of those requirements were were basically waived if if the universities chose to switch to online education which is basically pretty much I think every major university system in America has done that and um, switch to online education, there would be no penalties for international students. However, now uh, with the recent uh, policy changes, it essentially rolls back on that uh, waiver and essentially would prevent students to uh, remain legally in America if their education is primarily online. In addition to that, any students who are not currently in the United States and are seeking to come here but their programs are in the online only format, they would be denied entry. Well, (laughs) so I I can't I don't even know where to begin really in terms of talking about this topic. And um, Maybe let's... I'm just going to go on a quick, ten, uh, quick emotional side of things before I go into more argumentative um, uh, section of my thoughts on the matter. Uh, just speaking as a, as a, as a fellow international student who had to um, study on campus, who had to come here really pursue my education for as many years as I did. If I were in this position right now when I would be either attempting to go to America or have arrived here to start, to start my classes that are now online, I would be so confused and I would be in a, such a vulnerable position because I remember 10 years ago when I came here, to start my education in the community college, I felt, among many things, that I had that I felt I felt um, uncertain. I felt um, shaken in terms of this was a very different environment to me, coming from a different country. Uh, I would be confused, and uh, I would be really experiences so so many different emotions Uh, and not just emotions there would be so many other thoughts that I would have had to consider what would happen to my education plans in general what would happen to my uh, some of the fees that I may have had to pay before would I get reimbursed I mean obviously probably not in this case uh, like any kind of tuition fees, or so many different questions that I ten years ago would have uh, would have asked if I if that pandemic hit at that time. And this uh, this notion that that this kind of thing can be done to this particular group of people, again, these international students, typically. Uh, young people from all over the world who are coming to America to educate themselves, to obtain the skills, to immerse themselves in this culture, in this environment, and really, I guess, set on their path to achieve something good in their life. Taking that group of people and subjecting them to the kind of requirements that they have virtually zero zero control over it is absolutely d- devastating to even contemplate it is so hurtful and it is so almost cruel that, that it's not almost cruel it is really cruel to to do that to the to the to the people who have done nothing but to express their desire to come here for education one of the most pure i mean one, one of the one of the purest things you can do in this life is to educate yourself and putting these students in a position where they have no power no leverage no control over what happens to their to their plans, to their life, it is absolutely, incredibly cruel. And basically, this is one of those... That that type, that specific portion of people who come to the United States, who are living in the United States, this is one of the most, um, uh, I, I would say, vulnerable people because of how many, how how little rights do these people really have? I mean, we we basically we can't we can't work until we get in a specific permit. We have to pay taxes if we do end up working, uh, and we have to pay the highest amount of tuition. We have to uh, be very careful about uh, maintaining our student status in terms of grades. Uh, enrollment and all a bunch of other different requirements. We obviously come here uh, from a different country, so we have to learn to fit in here. And there's so being in within that group of people is already difficult enough. So now, removing any sense of um, uh, control. The last specks of control over their um, achievements, over their path, education path, by really restricting them to only universities that would allow um, one uh, would allow to have in-person classes, is insane. It's just pure, you know, madness from all from any kind of side. So this is, I guess, an emotional component of this. Okay, now let's stick to maybe some of the more argumentative uh, things that I want to bring up, and let's start with um, the the financial aspect of it all. So this um, this law, or I don't know if you would call it law, this policy that has been enacted hits so many different. Um, groups of people and uh, entities, businesses and and the like, that I don't see, I'm not not an economist, but I don't see any way that somebody would financially benefit from, from that law. I just can't think of any group of people that would benefit from it. Let me break it down. We are talking... Like in a in a couple of episodes ago, I was talking about some of the other groups of uh, immigrants, or or uh, who who were now restricted from coming to America, like uh, like H-1B uh, work work visa uh, foreigners. In this instance, and, and so in the in the point of the the workers, okay, the argument was, oh, they might be taking away Americans' jobs, okay. Even compared to that, no matter how also flawed that argument is, too. We're talking about students. Students can't even really work yet. They're just here for studying. That's their primary purpose here. They come here for studying. They come here to pay the money to universities to study. They pay the most amount of money because... There is this thing called non-resident tuition uh, fees that every international student is subject to. Like I was, uh, my tuition for... uh, My price for individual unit was about 20 times more at the time than the tuition for a Californian resident, for example. 20 times more. I had to pay more in the tuition alone think about that. So now essentially you're cutting off a huge chunk of money that would go to universities uh, from the international students. Okay, you cut that off. Universities in turn have to cut faculty positions, adjunct faculty positions, staff and so many other groups of people that are that are, in some shape or form, maybe indirectly are getting paid through those uh, tuition fees. Right? Now, there's a chain of events here. In addition, by restricting the amount of uh, foreign students who can be in the United States dramatically, also, these students are potentially not potentially they're living in America meaning they buy food they buy all kinds of other stuff that they need books and whatnot so you essentially by restricting the amount of those students you're limiting the the, the amount of consumers that are living in America by limiting this <laughs> this this uh, uh, group of people from buying stuff in America you are affecting so many other different groups of people small businesses large businesses any kind of business that sells stuff right if you have less people to sell it to you're not gonna win so from the financial standpoint this decision to remove international students from being in America hurts so many people. And I cannot think of a single entity that would benefit from less people living in America now and essentially not stimulating the economy by buying something. That's what I don't understand how how does that make any financial sense whatsoever. If there's somebody who knows something, please let me know. I would be very interested to To see what's the what's the financial incentive in doing so okay that's finances now let's talk publicity I think publicity is a is a is a very important point to 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 discuss here by publicity I specifically mean the image of America this is something I think I've touched on in one of my previous episodes I think also in the in the one where I'm talking about other categories of immigrants and the policy changes with respect to those so the policy to restrict uh, foreign students from being in America and effectively deporting them if they don't meet those uh, in person uh, education requirements hurts America's image by that I mean the following again America from a foreigners perspective such as myself um, I always thought of America and this is what's depicted in the books in the media in the movies and any kind of let's say public in the public psyche or zeitgeist I think that's what you that's what you call it America is a land of immigrants is the land that welcomes people from all walks of life is welcoming um, young bright minds to come and innovate here and all that jazz basically right it's the, it's the, it's the land of American dream where anybody can come here and do uh, what they want to do and achieve something Right. This is the premise. <laughs> so, by giving essentially uh, the m- one of the most vulnerable categories of people such a uh, such a choice or such a choice, either try and find a one university that is crazy enough to offer in in person education and we'll touch on, on on that point specifically too in the in a minute or go home what administration is doing it harms irreparably i might add i think irreparably the america's image inside the country as well as outside by saying no by saying big fat no you are not welcome here you should not come here you do not belong here and um (laughs) that i mean this is this is not what uh what i thought america is about i'm sure some people would agree with me that in that front It's um, it's very concerning just to think that within the last I don't know how many years, but let's say a few, let's sort of leave it a bit vague. Within within the last few years, America's image to the outside community has changed dramatically, specifically when it comes to immigration policies, and this is yet another addition. To the bucket list of all the things that has been enacted, which essentially limits the appeal of America as a country that wants to attract um, uh, people from other countries, which um, which I think will have a long, long-lasting effect on. The pace of innovation in the, in the country, the balance of power in the whole world, too. Because essentially, in a vacuum of uh, uh, of the the in of the world where one country suddenly stops being the top destination for for young talent. Other countries will fill that void 100% funny enough other countries for example New Zealand are seeing huge spikes in the amount of um, people who want to go there for example Canada um, I think other countries too so there there can be no vacuum in this case so America is essentially signaling the, the other countries okay we don't want as many foreigners you go ahead and figure it out and other countries do other countries will take advantage of that and I would just say this um, I think any country has a right to choose their own foreign policy and uh, again not speaking as, as, a, as a foreigner in this country, I'm in no position to say, oh, yeah, this is what's good for the country, or this is what's not good for the country. Uh, maybe maybe current administration believes this is what's good for the country right now. I mean this is that's why their administration this is up to them to decide these things, I guess. but um, the point being regardless of where you land on on uh, uh, within this argument, I think everybody could agree that there will be a change with respect to how the people from outside view America in terms of that as a destination for for example coming as a student so naturally I think this is such an important um, I guess addition to this laundry list of things that this would just further solidify the change that we see completely a to- uh, radical change of how immigration policy has been um, shaped over the last few years and uh, we are yet to see the long-lasting effects of that and uh, the last point I wanted to touch on is um, is the following so the requirement is as international students can remain in america if they have at least one in-person class uh, in a university or they have to transfer to the university which would allow them basically in other words uh, a university has to offer or accommodate uh, Uh, Those international students to be able to take one in-person class, or otherwise they're going to lose that international student, and that that international student would have to be deported. I've read that article from New York Times uh, describing a couple of um, examples of um, repercussions of this policy, and some of the examples of how students, as well as universities, are trying to deal with it, because this um, this is a big, big um, seismic shift in, in uh, that coronavirus really uh, put all the universities and all the students through that this additional hurdles that both universities as well as students have to overcome uh, is not really helping anybody. So one of the examples that I've seen is some universities are considering to accommodate international students to literally provide one kind of class for international students on campus that would then allow them to stay first of all these universities are doing an amazing job by just even contemplating to do something like that but more importantly the, the type of uh, strong arming that this policy is essentially doing where it pressures students and in particular in particular universities to reopen and essentially offer online, uh, online classes only as a kind of a um, second option and still Uh, stick to the in-person online uh, on-campus education is extremely reckless and dangerous from public health standpoint Um, because essentially it signals oh no matter uh, what might be the potential human cost of doing that we want universities to remain open we want on uh, online education not to be such a big deal we want still on-campus education to be to be there in the fall and this makes me wonder um (laughs) so here's here's my here's my interest uh, just a, a thought that just crossed my mind well who would really benefit from um from from the from universities staying open and offering on campus education well um, let's just say without without really saying that this is true objectively if a university uh, is open it is going to benefit if the campus opens up in the fall obviously that means more work for, for staff members, faculty members. So on paper, universities would be open um, and they would benefit from doing that. But at the same time, I'm guessing that um, uh, preventing s- students from attending uh, uh, on-campus classes... Would actually be a much more safer um, p- uh, option for them because they want to make sure that they're not going to be the one that essentially allowed a coronavirus outbreak in the middle of their campus. I'm sure they do not want to even contemplate such such a such a drastic outcome of reopening. So, in that sense. Uh, they have absolutely no incentive to really do that unless they can really uh, secure and make sure that uh, all students are safe or as safe as they possibly could be. So, um, and naturally, I don't think that uh, international students have any leverage in terms of having any kind of say in terms of whether or not universities will make the decisions to switch to online education or they would offer uh, some kind of in-person class I don't think international students have any um, have any seat at that table frankly speaking so this is what also makes the situation such a uh, such a sad sad um, uh, situation all around so again I think this is a phenomenal that something like this has even been contemplated and let alone put into action like this Um, just a quick update on that is uh, I think a couple of universities already filed uh, appeals uh, uh, in the federal court I believe so this uh, this particular policy may actually hit some roadblocks and it will remain to be seen what would be the outcome of um, of, the, of this uh, of this struggle of uh, universities, students, and the administration. So these are my thoughts on this particular topic. Thank you very much for indulging me in this um, uh, while in discussing this and really uh, trying to uh, give my my uh, candid feedback and just uh, somewhat fr- fr- frustrations really that uh, students have to really go through these kinds of hurdles on top of everything else that they already have to do. So, again, thank you very much for listening. I really appreciate uh, your your feedback. And uh, I hope to bring more episodes that may be more geared towards science uh, in the next uh, installments of my monologue. Thank you very much for listening. Until next time, have a good night.